Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 126 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Kill La Kill, episode one, where clothes give you superpowers, scissors make a great sword, and sometimes wearing less is more. Look, there is an entire community of people inside of the United States and around the world that believe wearing less is more. They are called nudists, and they are everywhere. Sometimes you'll be just sitting in your house, and then you'll look out your window, and there'll just be like a nude person in your backyard. Really? Does that not happen to you? Does your wife see the naked person also? Mm. Let's just jump in. Um, I will say that when I lived in San Francisco back, I moved in 2012 and the law changed while I lived there. But when I first moved there, uh, public nudity was legal. And so there were different parts of the town where there were nudists that would just like hang out. And as long as they had a towel to sit down on, if they had to sit down on stuff, uh, they could be naked. And uh, it was very, very interesting. And then they changed the rules while I was there and that wasn't allowed anymore. Um, But it was really interesting when I first got there because I'd never seen that in the middle of a city with nobody batting an eye before. Yeah, I, I would think that that was, you know full 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 powered nudists were in san francisco (laughs) oh yeah definitely and i mean i gotta say like it didn't bother me very much i thought it was interesting and i don't know it wasn't sexual or anything and so you know you kind of just decided that it didn't bother you and went about your day and then it was just kind of an interesting footnote that made your city different than other cities so i was actually a little disappointed when they changed the rules I was like, ah, now we're more like everybody else. Now you're just hanging out every day, thinking about being nude. Broke the horn off, and now it's just like all the other horses. (laughs) You're talking about unicorns. You're talking about unicorns again. Mm -hmm. I was in that show. That was a good show. I used to hate that show. Now I like it. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, um, so uh, random anime things of the week. Uh, if everybody is super excited, uh, next week we are putting out our sweet, sweet Patreon only episode. Uh, the it's actually one of tomorrow. The- if you're listening to this when this episode comes out, <laughs> look, look. It's coming out soon. <laughs> How soon, you may say. Um, either tomorrow or the day you're listening to this or in the past. <laughs> yeah, because it's not going to go away. So if you are not a patron and you would like to listen to the Bleach episode, we will be covering Bleach episodes two through five. We're just getting started. This is yeah. our second Bleach episode, but it's for patrons only. So if you're not a patron and you'd like to hear it, you can become a patron. If you are not a patron by the day it comes out, which is the 1st of April, 2020, uh, or sorry, the 1st of August, August, not April, 1st of August, 2020, then... Fucking uh, time traveler. <laughs> yeah, you can become a patron after that, and uh, unless something goes horribly awry, the episode will still be available. But if you become a patron right now, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out... Uh, you will have something to look forward to tomorrow that non-patrons will not have to look forward to. Also, there is a blog entry that will go with it that I need to write this week. <laughs> um, on on uh, another note, uh, if you want more content from us, uh, I've started to release the anime battle blogs. Um, the first one is a video up on YouTube. Um, we have a whole 15 subscribers, so Ooh, get out of the way, jealous people. That is actually a pretty big increase as far as I know. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, good on you, first 15ers. It's like the freshman yeah. 15, but less destructive. <laughs> Right, um, but uh, if <laughs> if you want to check it out, we've had we've had good responses so far. I've also had a just monumental wave of people that are just like, do this fight, do this fight, do this fight. Oh, that's great. Um, 
So I'm like, okay, watch the first one first, and then I'll give you more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say, too, it's great to reach out. You definitely should reach out because, one, we like it when you reach out in general, and that always makes us happy, and we're happy to hear from you because part of what we like is the community around a group of people who like the same thing, and we would like that community to exist around our podcast So when you reach out, it gives us the feeling that that community does exist. We really like that. Two, it's good because then uh, maybe we did not have the fight on our radar and now it can be on our radar. We can take it into consideration. So that's good if you have a fight you'd like us to cover. And three, there is a uh, place where you can go get that community right now. It does exist. um, And it's on this app slash website thing called Discord. We have one for the podcast, and uh, it's pretty active. There's people talking there every day, and they're saying interesting things and making interesting suggestions and providing funny memes. And if you want to be part of a community like that that is chatting about anime and connected by our mutual love of anime and by happenstance through this podcast, then uh, come and join us. It's pretty fun. Yeah, um, that's all I really have other than uh, what I've been watching for this week, and that is nothing but our own stuff yeah, for me too. this. But I... what I have been reading <laughs> is so much One Piece. <laughs> ah, okay, well, tell me about One Piece. Oh my god. You so know, briefly and with a to... few spoilers. Okay, so I am up to chapter 135. Uh, I started okay. from chapter one again, so I've been You're reading like a lot. Act one, part one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of One Piece. There is so much One Piece. It's just, it's just, oh my God. I have forgotten how much people in the world of One Piece cry. They cry so much. Everybody on the show feels, or everybody in the manga feels so deeply all the time. Um, I also had forgotten how random people's powers are inside of the world of, of One Piece. Um, I had also completely, completely forgotten about this major, major fight happening so early in the show. Um, there's a battle against one of the, he's a, he's a pirate fish man, um, shark that also has like a swordfish nose. Yeah, Arlong. Okay, I, I am literally you... in the middle of that arc right now in the anime. Oh yeah, but it is. It happened so early, and I completely forgotten about it. And there's a whole thing about. Um, uh, I don't want to give anything away for people who haven't. Yeah, I don't. Look, actually I'm reading a happens, lot of so One Piece. Don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm just telling you that I'm reading a lot about it, and. Uh, and I forgot how much I loved it and also forgot how much um, there's just so many words and so much to take in on every page of the manga um, that it's one of those things where it's like you can easily get burnt out on this and I see how other people do. And for people that love to binge things, I'm like, this is a feast. And yeah. it is like, it is it is just, I, I completely understand why this manga has been going on for so long. It's because everything is so rich inside of this world that you can just keep on expanding and expanding and expanding. It's just, it's monumental. And when there are introductions of people that are like, this person is the strongest of these people, and you see the, like, the chasm between one person's powers and another person's powers you're like oh yeah if they actually move at the speed that they're learning and getting stronger which they are inside of the manga and i was pretty caught up before so i understand that that was correct still there is still just such a massive chasm that like years and years have to pass for them to get to each other's levels well and and that is awesome I just looked it up. This manga started releasing in 1997. It is 23 years old, which is crazy. It's old old enough that it has become old enough to drink and now is a little bit jaded with drinking and (laughs) also having those conversations with their friends where it's just like, do you have a drinking problem or do you just like to party? (laughs) 
and also are those the same thing? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's after you pass your 21st birthday, your milestone birthdays kind of really thin out a lot. And t- it sort of seems like it's just the tens unless like a specific number is really important to you for some reason. Like it's kind of just the tens, maybe the fives. And before that, you know, you you, you turn 10 and now you're in double digits and then you're 13 and now you're a teenager and then you're 15, 16, somewhere around there. And now you can drive, uh, at least in America. I don't know what the ages are in other places, but uh, younger in, in other places, we turn 16 to 18. Now you can drink in America. It's 21, but 18, you're legally an adult. And you can vote and stuff like that. I mean, there's so many milestones, just one after the other. And then you hit 21 and you can drink and you've probably already been drinking for several years. And then it's like, mm, done. <laughs> I guess yeah, I'll turn 30 ever, someday. And then you do. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, do you ever have a moment where you're just like, my brain is the internet all of a sudden, or it has been ruined by the internet is what I should have said. Yeah, explain. Because you said it turned, you said it turned 21 and all I could hear inside of my head was 21. That like vine that was out and I've seen on every single vine m- compilation ever. And I just can't, I can't, I can't. I don't know what you're talking about, but I did want to make a uh, what's a vine grandpa joke, but I miss vine so deeply. And then uh, I also hate TikTok for various reasons. It is not vine. Yeah, it will not. It's not as good. I will not embrace it. I, like it's look, tick, do what you want. It's a social media <laughs> thing and it's super popular. So like Facebook, I think that Facebook is some bullshit. I think the last couple of years has really soured my relationship with Facebook, but I still have one and I still use it. Like it's, it exists and you could make a good case that I should not use it because of my personal beliefs or whatever, but like I have one and I use it and that's the truth. So if you're like that with TikTok, it's fine. It has a certain ubiquity in our culture, but like it's, it is a, a, a Chinese social media site and I'm not like a China conspiracist or anything like that, but there have been some pretty credible suggestions that there is uh, intense spyware involved in um, TikTok. So I don't know, that's like a little suspicious and a real barrier to entry for somebody who's not already bought in on it. And also, uh, I, I don't know, a year or less ago, there was some some big stories about them trying to ban or remove any content that had to do with LGBT people because it's a Chinese app. And they have uh, fucked up feelings about things. So I did not like that. And I think, you know, I don't want it to be supported, but it is. So again, if you use it and you like it, I'm not saying that you should feel bad about yourself. But uh, if you don't use it or if you're not super bought in, maybe consider not using it. Okay. Well, with that being said, Mm -hmm. we have a brand new show that we are covering this week, which is... Super exciting. I love this show so much. <laughs> Are you just saying, ugh, because you had to stop watching Soul Eater? Let's get into it. Oh, Blake has some opinions about the show already. You, you know, <laughs> what I like about Soul Eater is high quality animation. And I like high octane battle sequences that are flashy and exciting while still feeling like they maintain some sense of internal logic. And I like, you know, creative character designs and, you know, interesting concepts that you don't necessarily see all the time. And uh, so Soul Eater is over, and that's very upsetting and depressing because it has all of that stuff. And now we're starting this new show that has all of that stuff. It's awesome. I love it so much. Oh, kill a kill. Um, so, first and foremost, uh, this show is just the brainchild of one of the best studios in Japan. I would say this is definitely in not just the top ten, but the top five studios that are putting out just unreal good anime. It is... It is just the place where I'm like, if I see their name on something, I'm just like, 
Fuck yes. I am completely on board with them. If you want to know some of the things that they have kicked out there, um, and you were like, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I want to jump on. Tell me some more. Let me tell you. They have also done Little Witch Academia, which Blake was a big fan of. Um, they have also done uh, Darling in the Franks. Um, if you haven't watched Darling in the Franks yet, you are you are missing the train. Um, they also had a new show that just came out called BNA, Brand New Animal. Um, I have not watched it yet, but I have heard really interesting things about it. And I am also yeah, super... Yeah, that's part of the Netflix Embracing Furries push. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's that one and Stars, and I'm like, I see a pattern. I know what you're doing. Yeah. It's a quarantine. Yeah. Um, my, my... You know, one way to protect yourself is to wear a full-body fursuit. <laughs> yeah. There, There's also a, um, a, a connection, if you're wondering... Um, I'm not super into anime. Why are you listening to our show, number one? But number two, if you wanted to break into the non-anime universe and you wanted a show to watch, they are also involved with Steven Universe. Um, so, oh, shit. Yeah, so Wait, if you're... The, what is the studio? Studio is called Trigger. Um, studio Trigger ah. has been around for a while. Um, it was founded in 2011, so not forever, but they have been a while, uh, been around long enough. Um, and they are just, just the stuff that they put out is just, oh my god, I love it. Um, the the other show that I wanted to mention as well, um, which is just the show that you should watch right after you watch this. And I legitimately, uh, I'm, this is not a super long show. Um, so I'm, I'm so tempted to just be like, can we just go into Gurren Logan like right after this? (laughs) Isn't it about the same length that kill a kill is 24 episodes. Uh, Uh, I believe that's about the length of Gurren Logan. Yeah. So it's about the same, same length of it. Um, but I also have never, I've watched the first few episodes of that show and I loved it. And, and it was like part of a let's get together and watch a few episodes every once in a while group. And then mm-hmm. we stopped getting together and I never picked it back up. But uh, obviously, as an as somebody whose life revolves around anime in a pretty major way, that's a huge blind spot for me. So we might have to watch that sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, if you're wondering when the show came out, the original run was October 4th, 2013 to March 28th, 2014. Um, there are only 24 episodes. Um, so sorry about that. Um, the, the manga, if you're wondering, um, was released basically at the same time. Um, it was illustrated by, um, it's, it looks like Rio, Akizuki um, was the illustrator and then published by uh, Katakawa Shoten. Um, and then the magazine it was released in was called Young Ace. Um, and then the anime television series was directed by uh, Hiroyuki Ima, uh, Imaashi. Um, it was written by uh, Kazuyuki Nakashima. Um, and then music was done by uh, Hiroyuki Sawano. Um, I am definitely pronouncing names wrong. Yeah, I try my best when we do these. We let you do that. <laughs> Look, get over it. Um, <laughs> so that's and, interesting, uh, though, because you said that the anime and the manga were coming out concurrently rather than. Oh, yeah. Uh, as the manga actually listeners. stopped releasing will know that uh, after usually <laughs> manga comes out first and then the show yep. is more or less a shot for shot remake of the manga, which is atypical mm-hmm. when you think about adaptation in the West. Uh, it is actually a pretty faithful adaptation. Almost always. There are a few shows like Cowboy Bebop that don't have manga, or at least were not based on a manga. Uh, I, I think I want to say Gundam was one of those, like the manga exists, but came later, but I, I might be wrong about that, but that happens, but it's way rarer. Usually the manga comes first. It gets popular enough that it, they green light a show because basically mm. they have an audience now and they can reach a wider one within a show. Um, so yeah, if this one was coming out concurrently, it sounds like they were c- kind of like building a brand from two ends at once instead of building it from one end and then leapfrogging to another. 
Yeah. Um, I wanted to add inside of here um, because I, I realized that we had done this for Bleach. Um, and this is another reason you should do that, but I'm going to also <laughs> do this for the show. Um, but a, a couple of little trivia things that are put down for Kill a Kill, um, if you're ever wondering about them. Um, during the very early stages of development, the series was going to be called Crimson Garment uh, before settling with the on the show's working title. Um, the show was originally going to have an art style similar to the anime uh panty and stocking um panty and stocking is a very strange show that i um did some digging into after (laughs) seeing this um this article about it um i have some opinions on it (laughs) sounds like it (laughs) so so um uh hit me up on twitter if you want to talk about it afterwards (laughs) yeah that's that uh that title it leads you to le- to believe that it is presented without irony, which is not uh, the kind of thing that Spencer and I tend to enjoy. Yeah, a super super random a uh, random um, random anime fact about it um, is that there was uh, um, in the third episode of XXX or FXX, I guess, um, animated series uh, Major Laser. Um, there what? is a cameo of uh, Ryuko, um, Mako, Satsuki, and the Elite Four. They're shown in the crowd of that episode, um, so that's really interesting, and I never heard of major laser before um never heard of major laser before no i've never heard of it before (laughs) well i've never heard of the show before but i know the artist what what is major laser tell me about don't tell me about it talk to me about it later (laughs) it's a it's a it's a musician you're a musician fuck you anyways (laughs) um the uh, the title of each episode, by the way, um, is named after a Japanese classical pop song selected from uh, within the iTunes collection of Kazunuki uh, Nakashima, um, an idea which he came up with as he wrote the script, which I love because number one it means while working on it he was listening to some good ass music, and number two, um, it also <laughs> wait. Maybe Kazuyuki Nakishima is not a man. Let me hold on. I'm I'm an idiot. I have to I have to find out. I'm correct. It is a man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you're playing the odds there. Yeah, but uh, the the second thing that I wanted to say about that is I love that he was like, "What should I name these episodes?" And then looks down around the room and he was like, uh, "Lamp window." <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> computer lamp no that's the same as before and then he looked down at his yeah he just looked down at his ipod and he was just like good enough (laughs) uh i like that too because you know not to keep referencing bleach but one thing that i know about bleach that i've always thought was pretty cool is that the uh the creator of bleach is quoted as uh listening to music while designing his characters and I, as far as I remember, I might be a little off, but if I'm remembering properly, I believe that he uh, specifically would assign a genre or maybe even a specific song to each character and would kind of like when he was trying to come up with them, he would think about like, OK, what kind of what kind of music does this character remind me of or has evoked this character or whatever? And then we go find that and listen to some and then design the characters um, so this having a having a strong connection to music seems to be a good problem to have if this show Bleach and Cowboy Bebop are uh, the examples we're using. Yeah. Okay. That takes us all the way to episode one. By the way, I love everything about the first episode. Except for one thing, and we'll get to it. Well, I watched it two <laughs> days ago, and ever since I finished it, I was like, maybe I should watch it again. Because it's yeah. really so, good, and because we're not going to get to watch anymore until uh, like a month from now. <laughs> anyways, um, so the first episode is called If Only I Had Thorns Like a Thistle. Um, this uh, show is going to open... Um, <laughs> In a crazy way. <laughs> the whole thing is crazy. So, it is super fast-paced, so, and it is just action from start to finish, pretty much. This is the kind of show where people talk big and loud, 
and then they fight each other and there aren't really any gaps in between those things happening. Yeah. So uh, we are going to start our journey in Hanoji Academy. Um, it's a high school. Um, there are um, really normal things happening inside of this classroom. Everybody is hanging out. One guy in the corner has like playing with like a Hulk action figure yeah. against some other action figure. And then... All of a sudden, the door is kicked open, everyone is blasted away, and a gigantic figure pushes his way through the door, like, face first, and then it comes down. And I like that they're talking about, like, the Nazi regime while, like, right before this happens. Yeah, and also, before we get too deep, did you watch the dub or the sub? So, okay, this is one of the very few ones that I would recommend that you watch both. And the biggest reason why is because the dub is very, very good. However, I always believe that you should experience the sub on your first watch of the anime. I've seen Kill a Kill all the way through. This will be my fourth time watching it all the what? way through. Um, yeah, so uh, it is. It it's not that long, Blake. You should watch I, but it. But it also gets it's surprising more crazy and more awesome. <laughs> you consume a lot of anime fairly quickly, and you know you're in in our history together. So that that in and of itself is not surprising, especially for a twenty four episode show. But what is surprising is I don't remember us ever talking about it. And we talk about anime a oh. lot. That's why we decided to do an anime podcast. So. I'm surprised we'll get, that I we'll, didn't know that about you. We'll get to after it. All this time. We'll get to it. We'll get to the reason why I didn't talk to you about the show. And I, I, I'm, I, I suspect as we get further along in the show, you're going to have some uh, some strong opinions rise up. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, anyways. The giant figure that's imposing that comes in also is flanked by two rows of blank uh, figures that are just like, uh, oh my gosh, they come in and just like uh, a row of dominoes rolling in. um, And they are going to say that they are looking for somebody who is trying to sabotage the school. (laughs) Yeah, this person is accused of stealing some clothes because it turns out that this school revolves around special garments called Goku uniforms. Uh, Goku, like the character from Dragon Ball, uh, who these these garments have star ranks that that uh, indicate their power levels. But um, regardless of what their star rank is, they give you superpowers, and then you know more stars means you're stronger. But uh, you basically put on these clothes and become a superhero. Yeah. I mean, it's not a superhero anime so far, but you know what I mean. Okay. So he is going to try to escape. Um, By the way, randomly, his name is Suzuki. Um, (laughs) He is going to run down the staircase in just one of my favorite chase scenes ever. And the reason why is because the guy that is chasing after him is ridiculous, number one. Um, It's uh, Ira Gamagori. um, And... (laughs) He jumps out the window to chase after him, and as you follow the staircase, you see him, like, falling past the window twice. This show is legit funny, guys. It's... It, it makes me laugh out loud multiple times while I watch it, and I've seen it multiple times. Um, and it makes me laugh in both the sub and the dub, which is also rare. Um, but it's one of the shows that does that randomly, like, and Gurren Lagan also does that. Like, that makes me laugh out loud randomly throughout the show as well. But this moment, I, I was sitting there by myself just giggling when it when it happened because it's just such good comedic timing, too. Because, um, yeah, like, he gets to the end of the door. This kid is fleeing down a set of stairs and passing a window at each floor, and you can see that the other guy has jumped out of the window and is falling at approximately the same pace and is going to catch him even though he you know he doesn't notice the guy so he's like it's good it's it's like it's got a lot of layers because there's irony you know that character doesn't think he's being pursued and he's about to open the door on this dude there's a visual comedy with the dude out there there's like anime nonsense because he jumped out of a multi-story high window it's great and it's like one of the first things that happens in the show it's a good primer 
Yeah, and um, I almost uh, made a Shrek joke, and I stopped myself. Well, don't do that. That's said the layers. very first Academy Award winner of Best Animated Picture uh, that you're talking about there, Jesus. so put some respect on that fucking name. Jesus Christ. I, didn't, I never knew that, number one. Number yeah. two, it makes me so much more furious. What? Shrek that. is a fantastic movie. It's dated, it's, but it's very it's, good. It's fine. It's fine. I think it's the thing better that than makes fine. Me, number one, I think that the biggest reason that I don't like Shrek is because I hate Smash Mouth, and now they are melding inside of my brain forever. Number two, um, it's also because the Shrek like YouTube haikus are the creepiest oh, thing that I've awful. ever seen. They're just so terrible. The internet like, memes about one of the them character is just like, Shrek are horrible. <laughs> Like Shrek comes is, and picks me you up. You did in the this night to yourself, me. But also, <laughs> the thing—it's really funny that you mentioned this randomly because Pete randomly this week, my husband Pete was listening to the Shrek soundtrack while he was cooking dinner, and and then he was like, you know, a funny thing is that Smash Mouth was like a two-hit wonder, and both of their hits were on the Shrek soundtrack. <laughs> and then he was like, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, you're welcome for my spot on Smash Mouth impression. Yeah, clip um, that audio, spread it around. <laughs> yeah, added it, uh, add, put it on your phone as you're like, I got a text message response. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Anyways, um so uh he is going to um escape um for just a moment with um he he does this by putting on the Goku uniform and he is going to be like, "All right, this is giving me super amazing powers. I'm going to be able to escape from you and I'm not going to be hit by your whip powers, which is what you're using to try to attack me." And then he makes the mistake of instead of just running away completely, he then decides to turn around and fight and that is a bad idea because Ira Gamagori is way way more powerful than him because he's not wearing a one star Goku uniform which is what this idiot is wearing he's wearing a three star Goku yeah, and uniform this, and that gives you even more yeah powers. this is where you learn about the stars and that you learn that more stars is stronger and honestly you don't learn much else about the star ranking system in this episode, we will one of the main characters that this episode's going to focus on is a two star. And so like me as somebody who's only seen the first episode and only one time, I don't know what to expect. Like, is this a a ranking of one, two or three? Uh, also, this character stole a uniform that gives him superpowers, but did not seem to be aware of the star system or what the stars were for the uniform, even though they seem like they're, you know, stitched into the collar or whatever. Uh, I don't, I don't know what's stylish. I don't know what the rules are of the world. I don't know how much information is shared. And I also don't, I think that the, the, this character having a one star, he's portrayed as kind of a pushover. Uh, part of that is because the three star is being portrayed as that much stronger but then later on in the episode, we're going to see a two-star. He has a prominent connection to these three-star characters. Uh, he is shown to be pretty powerful and definitely more powerful than the one-star at the beginning. So, like, the gulf between these stars is very unclear. I'm interested to find out, but, like, uh, it's kind of a nebulous system right now, other than more numbers are stronger. Yeah. Um, just so that uh, everybody knows, uh, there is a brief explanation of it inside of the first episode. Um, there is one, two, and three. Um, and that is uh, what we are told is the highest level so far, other than the class president. Um, Look at you. So, um, doing foreshadowing voice. <laughs> the next day. The next day, um, we are going to be introduced to our actual main character of the show, um, which is Ryoko. Um, she is uh, very, very interesting in that she is a figure that we've never seen before and carrying what looks like a guitar case. Wink, wink. Um, so, um, That's weird. If you haven't she, seen this show, that uh, wink, wink doesn't make any fucking sense. 
<laughs> so she is accosted on her way into the city um, by a literal gang of little children. Um, but before that, she's going to do the most metal thing that she can think of, which is buy a lemon and then eat a lemon with the rind on. And I was like, that's metal. Uh, I actually <laughs> have been known to eat lemon in the past, but not with the rind. So she's got me beat. Mm. Yeah, she's metal as oh. fuck, man. You're only metal as... I'm yeah, metal okay. as poo. <laughs> um, also, uh, uh, the setting is like a kind of... I mean, it's it's like um very impoverished area, but in a somewhat sci-fi setting, like maybe like a near future type of sci-fi setting. So there's stuff that makes it look kind of futuristic or otherworldly. But then there's other stuff that makes it look like, you know, modern day city slums with, you know, just a fantasy universe uh, or a fantasy version of modern day slums, you know, slant to them. So it's got this, this almost Mm. like modern steampunky kind of vibe to it. That's pretty cool. Um, and also the animation you talked at the beginning about the studio uh, and how they have been known to put out really high quality work. And you listed some of that work. And one of the things that really caught my attention about the animation is that um, the, there is this sort of like painted artsy look to it um, that you see a lot in the backgrounds Uh, And you notice it a lot in the first episode with like the sun, the rays of the sun shining in certain shots. And they look like they were done with this. To me, it looks like it was done with like a dry brush technique, which gives a very specific and painted look. And so it's, it's really stylized. It's not intended to blend in necessarily. And it's the backgrounds aren't necessarily done in the exact same style as the characters and it just it gives it this really distinct visual personality that's super interesting. Yeah, um, one of the big things about this show that a lot of people have commented on inside of the past um, to me after I've recommended the show to them um, is uh, that once you once you watch this show all the way through. I've also experienced this when I've recommended that people watch Samurai Champloo all the way through. Um, after you watch these kind of shows with the animation quality that is just astonishingly high, um, you will have difficulty going back to other anime. Um, and one of the biggest reasons why is just the cleanliness, uh, like the cleanness of what they're doing in a super chaotic environment um, can be just uh, like a feast for what you're going to yeah. be watching. Um, and so it it's it it's just it it really really spoils you if this was like your first anime that you were watching. Um, it would it would really kind of mess with your head to see some like low quality animation qualities. Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting. You I, know, there are others. Yeah, out there, I man. think it's different if you if you kind of have been watching anime for a long time, or if you grew up on it or like on those shows that were anime before you realized what anime was like watching Digimon and stuff as a kid, like I didn't know that was Japanese anime. I just thought it was a cool thing. And, um, I think if you grow up or have an experience with shows who don't have the kind of like high quality animation like this, then it's easier to flip back and forth. You still feel the loss when you flip back to something that has lesser animation or like even when you're watching something like Naruto, where sometimes they will bump up the budget and the production quality by a high noticeable amount for certain episodes. Mm -hmm. And it is great, but it is also really apparent and it gives you an idea of what it could be. And it gives you a little bit of a bummer when it goes back to what it is. Um, not that what it is is like bad necessarily, but it's just lower quality. It is technically lower quality, but uh, not in the connotation that it makes it like bad or worse. Uh, but just like it is let, you know, there was less 
They didn't have as much work that they were able to put into it because of probably budget. Um, and I think you, yeah. I think you can inoculate yourself against that, but it is worth considering if you are introducing anime to somebody who does not have a deep bench of anime references that like, you know, cheaper made anime, especially from, uh, f- you know, the further back you go, there's going to be more corner cutting and fewer tricks that can smooth it out and make it look better. So, uh, I mean, even starting somebody on like a My Hero Academia and then going back and watching shows from like 10 or 20 years ago, like there's going to be a difference and you'll notice it if you're not used to anime. Oh yeah, it's definitely noticeable. Um, anyways, getting back to the animation at hand, uh, Ryuko um, is going to be uh, accosted by uh, Mataro and his gang, uh, a bunch of children who are talking about how uh, really metal they are. So metal. Um, and instead of actually being able to take her down at all, they are immediately hit into submission. Um, and then uh, Mataro's older sister, Mako is going to show up and she is going to tell them to leave. Um, They are going to leave. And then she immediately decides that her and Ryoko Ryoko are going to become best friends right before she is just like, oh, that's my train. I have to go catch my train. And then uh, my first real laugh out loud moment happened after that first one, which is she's running to catch the train and she's just like, stop, stop, stop. I need to get on. I need to get on. And then she just goes, oh, I got on. (laughs) Yeah, she's she is super kind of bubbly and just like very actively nice uh like like the mm-hmm. kind of nice that that would be like a little bit in your face if you were kind of a cagey person uh but sh- it works fine for Ryoko and uh i don't know she seems like a nice person and she's just like ah you're going to go to my school we should be best friends that's a solved thing right there and now i'm going to continue my journey to the school um and so yeah. Ryuko gets there and uh, uh, then they're like, hey, this is our new student. Uh, find a seat. And Mako is like, there's an empty seat over here. You have to sit over here. <laughs> and the homeroom <laughs> teacher's like, well, I guess that's where you're going to sit now. So, <laughs> And she's just like, oh, is she always yeah. like this? <laughs> and pretty much, pretty, I think the homeroom teacher and like maybe one other person are like, yeah, and it's fine. Like, it's a lot, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, so there's just going to be, um, a a brief explanation of what's going on inside of the school. Um, there is uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, learning how everything is going to work during the day, um, before they go out to the quad and some very important random things are going to happen. Here's Um, what I don't understand. This is just a school, right? Like this is not the DWMA. This is not Hogwarts. This is just school. But it happens to also have these people that have superpower costumes that have formed a sort of tyrannical government at the school. Is that right? There's going to be there's going to be an amazing aside later on in this episode that gives you a good uh, peek into this where they're just like we should be stopping this shouldn't we and they're just like they own the school what are yeah, you going to th- do th- you know, this this is coming from the administrators and the principal and essentially there is a student council which is made up is is it the elite 4 or is it like the one character and then four others it's it's the one character, the student body president, uh, Satsuki uh, Kiryuen, I, I think is how it's pronounced, um, and then her four elite four. Okay, so there's um, five of them. To- it's like it's like doing the real elite four. We have to get through the four, and then you have to fight the champion. Okay. Yeah, basically. And then underneath them are there are all the two stars, and then there are the one star grunts. Um, so that's you know think about it as as like a stepping yeah. stone system. Um, there is going to be uh, a call out as soon as uh, Ryuko finds out that this this person might know something about we don't know what it is yet, but it does involve what is inside of her case that she's been carrying around so far, which is a giant blade that is the shape of a side of a scissor. Wink. Um, I love so much the people in the background of this show. <laughs> 
because they're like, that's a cool sword. And somebody's like, I think it's part of a, uh, I think it's a, si- I think it's a big pair of scissors. And then somebody's like, no, it's only half a scissor. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just like, thank you, random background guy for catching everything. <laughs> well, it's, um, it is exposition on the fly. It's making sure that we know what's going on without taking time to be like, so what you're saying is. <laughs> yeah. You mean yeah. Um, it's like so- if I had one piece of cake. <laughs> every time, every time I hear that thing, <laughs> I, I know that the joke is great where he's talking about. Where he's talking about, um, oh God, what is his name? Ice Cube from that, yeah, Ice Cube that's inside of it. But that always reminds me of that Jim Gaffigan joke where he's just like, um, um, cake is one of those things where you can't eat a whole lot of it. Uh, like if somebody's like, I ate a whole pizza, you're like, oh, you were really hungry. But if somebody's like, I ate a whole cake, they're like, you have a problem. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, so Ryuko is going to call out the student body president um, instead of actually, um, you know, being able to get into a fight immediately. Um, she is going to say that, you know, something about my um, father's death, uh, the uh, the if you've seen this kind of blade before, you know that it was left at my house before my father was killed and my house was burned down, um, which is like a lot of exposition that happens in like two yeah, sentences. They do not dwell on um, exposition. Super fast inside the show. This, is, this show is rapid yeah, They fire. do not dwell. It's also. Yeah. Um, so she, and, she basically insinuates that like, so her sword is basically half a pair of scissors, but giant uh, sword sized anime sword sized. And, uh, and she she seems to inf, uh, insinuate that uh, Satsuki knows where the other half is, and and or has the other half, and that the person who has the other half mm-hmm. is also responsible for the death of her father and the burning of her house. And so that's that is her modus operandi. That's what she's all about: is figuring out where the other half of these fucking scissors are. So that I can cut somebody. Yeah. Um, instead of actually getting into a fight, um, she is instead beaten to a complete pulp um, very quickly by by Takaharu. Um, he is going to be the boxing club champion uh, or captain. Maybe both. Um, and he is just going to he's just going to beat the Christ yeah. This is the two star um, so much show. Yeah, so before she is completely, completely dead, though, um, she makes a quick escape, um, and <laughs> at the time she's escaping is the exact time a guy on a scooter who's making deliveries <laughs> shows up, and she, like, takes the scooter, and he's like, what about my deliveries? And she comes back and drops off his deliveries, and then he's just like, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think was just like my cabbages. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So she she has lost pretty badly. She's gonna flee and kind of lick her wounds. She returns to what we find out are the ruins of her her former home, which I guess are pretty nearby. This is another thing that I don't remember being expelled out completely clearly. I don't know. I get the impression that this all this tragedy happened at some point in her past and she's been like preparing to avenge, but maybe it was like pretty recent. And uh, she also does not seem like she has to travel very far. And then there's this dude in her house, which Wikipedia told me was her homeroom teacher, but I missed that. And he finds or knows where a trap door lever is and drops her into yep. the the trap door in her own house's ruins that she, I guess, did not know about. Uh, and um, what's his name? Aikuro Mikisugi, according to Wikipedia. But I, I totally missed all that. That's just, like, information that I gleaned while putting down the notes. Because there's so fucking much happening in this episode, it's hard to follow it. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it again. Aside from the fact that it's just like really dope animation and very fun, uh, but anyway, she, the long story yeah. long, she's going to get dropped in, down a trap door into a big uh, underground secret basement. 
Yep. Uh, when she hits the ground, she is going to catch something on her arm, which is going to open up a cut on her arm, and she's going to bleed into a pile of clothes. Um, then, while she is walking away from that pile of clothes, one of the pieces of clothing is going to come to life and say that it wants to drink her blood, and she's like, oh, God, what is this? And it's like, put me on, or I'll force you to put me on. She's just like, no, get away from me. And it's like, no, I'm going to do it anyways. And this is the problem that I have with this first episode. This is aggressive in this moment. It is. uh, While I was thinking it, or while I was watching it, I was like, they are, the phrases are definitely like sexual assault phrases. And the scene is not at all directed or shot or paced or scored or anything like an assault. And it's this really strange dichotomy and they probably could have done without evoking assault here. Although I do think it's intentional, but I think they could have gotten away without it. But like, it's pretty soft, probably don't need a trigger warning unless you're like super sensitive about that. Uh, But it, it is not, I don't know. It's definitely like playing in those kinds of phrases that you hear around assault or that you hear people who are assaulters might say, but the scene itself doesn't actually play out like an assault. It just kind of, I hate to say it like this because it sounds so glib, but it just kind of plays with the idea of it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm so, I, I'm so fairly is, sensitive those to those things. Like it doesn't, I it doesn't bother me to the point where I can't watch something. But it's always hard to watch, and I did not find this hard to watch. I just found it like a little baffling that it was evoking those things in a scene that it didn't necessarily need to. But uh, it doesn't last that long. So like, yeah. if you're able to make it through that stuff, or if that stuff doesn't bother you too too much, like. Uh, you know, in in your in your media, of course, in real life, it should bother you always. But in your media, your mileage may vary. Some people are more sensitive about that stuff than others. Uh, if you're not that sensitive, you're probably going to be totally fine. You might not even notice it. Yeah, but here's the other thing that is going to continue to pop up inside of the show. And uh, let's go ahead and hit the fan service <laughs> button. Bam, bam, bam. Um, there is going to be. Um, uh, gratuitous fan service from this moment until the end of the Look, show. Uh, um, and one of the things about I that. I thought the fan service was noticeable, but I didn't really think it was. I wouldn't characterize it as gratuitous. But that might just be a question of definition. Like, to me, gratuitous would be like shoved in your face in a way that, like, you couldn't get around it. Whereas I would say this is like. It's not not in your face it's definitely there and it's definitely unambiguous but it is couched in the middle of like fast-paced action so it is almost blink and you'll miss it i mean it keeps it keeps doing fan servicey things so you you'd have to blink a lot but like i don't know it's not like it's not like the like weird panty shots that you get in a lot of animes like it is it's done in this more like incidental camera pan way that like really made it go down easy for me. Okay. Here's the reason that I say gratuitous fan service. And this is the biggest reason why if you have to put a not safe for work warning onto an anime that you are going to be watching during your lunch break at work, that is a show (laughs) that has gratuitous fan service inside of it. Okay, because I would not say that you would get away if somebody, a manager, walks by while you're watching Kill a Kill during your lunch break at work on a work computer. It would be like, uh, we need to have a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, probably. So, So, you know, err on the safe side. You're probably right. Yeah. Anyways, um, uh, uh, Ryoko is going to come back to the school. Um, uh, Mako is going to be held hostage <laughs> um, over a, um, a vat of boiling yeah, basically oil. Basically, just because she and was nice to off. Ryuko, and they're like, you're a traitor! You must die! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god. Um one of my favorite one of my favorite things that happens inside of this moment too is he's just like, let me show you how dangerous it is. And he pulls out like one prawn and a uh, one uh, a guy in the audience is like, ooh, it's a prawn. <laughs> Just the ba- the the background people are just so funny inside of this show all the time. Anyways, um, uh, uh, Mako is also going to be like, uh, I think all of my clothes are about to fall down. So if somebody could let me loose from this before <laughs> that, um, not talking about the the you know vat of boiling oil that's underneath her. Um, uh, and then Ryuko is going to show up. Um, she is going to um, calm down um, her little uh, Mako's little brother, who's there as well, um, and be like, "No, I got this." Um, jumps up, uh, tears Mako off of the thing, um, and uh, a whole bunch of of the grunts guys that are going to try to stop Ryuko um, from setting her free are going to then fall into the breadcrumbs <laughs> that are underneath them and then into the oil and be like deep fried like coconut shrimp. Yeah, they're like tempered. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, anyways, uh, this is going to lead into the fight. Um, the fight is between the boxing club captain and also Ryuko. Um, the club captain, I say that this is a fight. Really, it's just him using all of his strength to try to take, uh, Ryuko down and it not working at all. And then Ryuko just completely shattering him with like two yeah, hits, it's a, right? It is a pretty common trope in anime and not that uncommon in Western media too, which is show how dangerous someone is and then show how helpless they are against someone else uh, as a way to establish stakes or to establish power levels. And so, and it doesn't have to be someone else as obviously in this show, it is the same character who has just come back in a different set of circumstances. But the point being that they fought early on and she, it was pretty much a curb stomp battle in uh, Takaharu's favor. And now uh, he is using the same techniques. And in fact, he makes comments that like when they first fought, he didn't use all of his power level. And now he is because his punches aren't affecting her. And so now the tables have turned and Ryuko is on the other side of things where her power is eclipsing him to a huge degree. And because it wouldn't work if we hadn't seen the fight earlier, it's a really, it's a really simple and easy uh, trick, but it works super well. And uh, it's used really well here. And um, it's a pretty smart way to be like, especially for a show that's just establishing, establishing itself. It's a smart way to be like, here are strong characters. And now here is how our protagonist has become strong too. Yeah. Yeah. This show um, does a fantastic job also of, um, a depowering of somebody because the way that she is going to take him down is slicing him up, his Goku uniform turning into nothing, um, and him just being f- flying off into the distance naked. And Fair then nudity, he is definitely. going to, yeah, he is going to splatter his blood and it's going to be blocked by some of the uniformed officers, then the Elite Four, and then even a little tiny bit is going to land on satsuki which is going to be like the the you know be all end all everybody's just like ooh, it's about to go down um and then ryoko is like i challenge you tell me what i need to know and that's the end of the first episode yeah it's a pretty serious cliffhanger uh we decided to do just the first episode because that's what we've been doing lately for new shows um and I'll, I'll, it's harder for me to plan episodes when I haven't seen the show because I don't know what's happening and I don't want to like read the synopsis too much and spoil it for myself. But uh, I also don't, I, I, I think that probably based on the way that I'm expecting this to play out, there will be something that stops them from having this fight immediately in the next episode uh, and drags that out to be somewhere later in the series for a more climactic effect. So it's probably fine. Uh, but um, it does feel very much like a cliffhanger right here. Yep. 
Um, stick with us after these credits and we'll talk about what's coming on next time. Okay. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English. He's our level 10 sound wizard. Level 10? That's a lot of new levels. Well, he's been out in the waste grinding and killing low-level monsters to level up. That checks out. Our podcast is ad-free. And if you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 12 through 15. Yeah, there's going to be a granny fight. g g g granny fight. g g g g granny fight. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yep, that was it. <laughs>